We have our annual challenge today of beginning Holy Week by praising Jesus with palm branches, shouting Hosanna in the highest, singing all glory, laud, and honor, followed shortly by the Passion Gospel in which we say, Crucify Him. How in Jesus' life could things turn so dramatically, so quickly? How can we praise Jesus in one breath and curse Him in the next? Which is the real we? The one shouting Hosanna in the highest or the one shouting crucify Him? Well, a while ago I heard an interview with a neuroscientist named David Eagleman about his book Incognito, The Secret Lives of the Brain. And in this interview they talked about a chapter in his book called Will the Real Mel Gibson Please Stand Up? Now, the author had been interested in the arrest of Mel Gibson when, in in a drunken rage, he spat off anti-Semitic phrases to the arresting officer, who was Jewish. Well, at the same time, earlier that day, Mel had been at one of his friend's houses, who was Jewish. So which one was the real Mel Gibson? The author asked. The one who was friends with Jews, or the one who shouted obscenities? and anti-Semitic phrases. And the author said both of them were the real Mel Gibson. He said that we are the sum total of all that's going on in our brains and that we have contradictory drives and ideas inside of us. Both of us, or both are the real Mel Gibson, both are the real we. This is nothing new to uh, Christianity. James, the author of the book of James, wrote that Basically, that we have this fresh water and this brackish water, sinning and cursing all within us. It ought not to be so, he says, but it is. So we have this challenge of which one are we? The one that blessed Jesus or the ones that cursed Jesus? We're both. The other challenge we have with Palm Sunday and all of Holy Week is the remembering of Jesus' death and passion itself. Some, during this week, end up feeling really, really guilty throughout the whole week. Because we as humanity put Jesus to death. Because of that part of us that says, crucify him. And others struggle with the question of, if Jesus really is the savior of the world, and by his death and resurrection we are saved, then why is there so much evil still in the world? How did Jesus' death really save us? We talk about Jesus being the atoning sacrifice for our sins, paying the penalty we owe for our sins. We talk about Jesus redeeming us and buying us back through His sacrifice, bringing us back to God. And these are some basic doctrines in the church, some ancient understandings of Jesus' death. But today, I'm going to talk about the incarnational aspect of Jesus' death, which is where I particularly find good news in Jesus' death. We say that Jesus saved us from sin and death by taking sin and death upon Himself. Well, generally we think of sin and death as those things which separate us from God. According to the Christian story, our deepest desire is for God. And we're often not even aware of that desire. We just know that we want something. And we fill this desire for God with all sorts of things. Some of them really good, and some of them less than overly helpful. The ancient understanding of sin is missing the mark. We're turning away from God, and we're pointing our lives in completely the wrong direction as we try to fulfill our need for God. And so sin is that which draws us away from God. Sin separates us from God. 
And so Jesus took on sin in his crucifixion. And he took on death in his crucifixion. Death is that other thing which is, at least has been thought, to separate us from God. In Psalm 6 verse 5, a prayer goes out to God. For in death, there is, it's a prayer to save us, God. Save me, God. For in death, there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, the place of the dead, who can give you praise? God is life, and so there is this fear, there was this fear that through death, we might be separated from God. Now in Jesus' time, there was this also this belief of resurrection. There was a belief that we do get to be with God when we die, and yet there is this, this fear of death persisted. Sin draws us away from God. Death seemed like it might be this ultimate removal from God. In Jesus' death and resurrection, then He shows us that neither sin nor death can separate us from God. God became human to live out a life on earth as Jesus. That's what the incarnation is. God becoming flesh and living among us as a human being. And as such, God fully united humanity and divinity. Except that Jesus lived without sin. So our sin is still separated from God, right? On the cross then, Jesus took sin upon himself, uniting even sin to God. Uniting to God the ways in which we draw ourselves away from God. In his death then, Jesus united God even to death. So that there is nothing we can do, nowhere we can go, that we can separate ourselves from God. When we sin, we turn around and find Jesus is right there. When we die, we turn around and find Jesus is right there. As Paul writes in Romans, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The good news of the cross for me is that God joined himself to sin and death so that when we sin and draw ourselves away from God, Jesus is there drawing us back. And when we die, Jesus is there too, bringing us finally to God. I asked in the beginning, which is the real we? The part of us shouting Hosanna in the highest or the part of us shouting crucify him? And as I said, they are both the real we. And Jesus redeems them both. Holy Week reminds us of our sin, of our shortcomings, but more importantly... Holy Week reminds us of God's great love for us and the lengths to which He went and will go to make sure we know that He loves us and that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.